It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome to another edition of the IDP Corner. My name is Justin Barnes. You can follow me on Twitter at DownWithIDP. I'm one of the fantasy analysts over at FantasyPoints.com, uh, handling the IDP Corner, if you will, along with my partner in crime, Mr. Thomas Simons. Thomas, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Justin. I said today, I, I paused because I almost said tonight. Uh, we're recording this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, both Thomas and I have a pretty uh, uh, pretty hectic weekend schedule. So, uh, matter of fact, I'm recording this essentially on my phone. So, I apologize if the if the uh, microphone audio is a little lackluster. But uh, we are here to uh, deliver some Week 14 goodness. Uh, we're going to start by mentioning the bye weeks. We got a couple of bye weeks coming up: um, uh, Indianapolis, Miami, New England, and Philadelphia all uh, out today. Uh, or out this week, I should say. Everyone, you either you either just got into the playoffs, or you're trying to get into the playoffs, or even helping your playoff seeding. So we're going to dive into our news and notes to help you guys out. Speaking of the Patriots, what were they thinking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they threw the ball just three times. Yes, three times. Franchise low. Um, they ran the ball 46 times, and, and it's bad enough that they only had 49 offensive plays, but only 6% of those plays were passes. Oh, really? This made all the build IDPs a very volatile play this past week and week on Monday Night Football. Yeah, you basically got to throw out everything that happened IDP-wise in that game just because it was so quirky. Like, I, um, uh, The Bills ran it a, a ton as well, and the Devon Godshaw, I think, had nine or ten tackles as a as a nose tackle. So that should tell you right then and there uh, what a wacky week that was. Um, Indeed. Uh, so last week, Landon Collins missed the game, and they've been using uh, the football team has been using Landon Collins as a third down or dime linebacker. He's been used in other packages as well, but that's that's his bread and butter, if you will. With him out, we got to see uh, rookie Jamin Davis play on third downs for essentially the first time all season. He flashed. He actually made some really nice plays. He did miss some tackles, and that's been his his bugaboo this season. Uh, is He's missed several tackles, um, over-pursuing a little bit, uh, and also just kind of inconsistent in his effort. Uh, but he is, you know, he's suffering growing pains. It was at least we got a, li- a little bit of a flash of what uh, might happen next season if Davis earns a three-down role next season. So um, prospects are looking up on him still as a dynasty stash um, going forward. But for now, we have to assume that Collins will get his role back and we still can't trust Davis for 2021. Unfortunately, three of the top five teams with the most offensive plays this season are on a bye week, as you mentioned. Indianapolis, Miami, and Philadelphia are three of those four teams on a bye now, Baltimore has uh, run the third highest number of offensive plays, and that bodes well for Cleveland. Now, two weeks ago, the Browns tallied 81 total tackles. They had 44 solos and 37 assists with two sacks, two uh, tackles for a loss, five QB hits, and four INTs and six PDs as they totally harassed quarterback Lamar Jackson. Now, Ronnie Harrison, Anthony Walker, Jeremiah Owasu-Koromoa, John Johnson, and Miles Garrett all had pr- productive fantasy outings in that game, so they could have another big day here at home. 
Speaking of having a big day, uh, let's talk about the game that Kamu Grugier Hill had. He racked up 20 tackles, which is a uh, you know several records basically, uh, team, team and otherwise. Um, the interesting thing to watch here is what is going to happen if they decide the team decides to bring Zach Cunningham back into the fold this week. Um, as, as a reminder. Cunningham was benched due to disciplinary reasons. It's one of a couple of times that that's happened. Uh, safety Justin Reed also got benched for disciplinary reasons. I don't know the specifics of of what exactly these guys, what rule these guys have broken, but it's clear that David Cully has a zero tolerance policy. So it could be that, be that these guys are five minutes late to a meeting, and then if that and that means they're going to sit. Or it might mean that they missed the curfew. I mean, there's, we don't know uh, exactly what it is, but it's clear that there's a pattern here that, that even a little bobble might cost you a uh, uh, you know a, a spot. So uh, Grugier Hill racked up 20 tackles, but um, again, he what he wasn't he was only one of two linebackers out there. Remember, Kurt, Christian Kirksey came back into the fold, so he's had a few good. Uh, games Grugier Hill has, and they've all come with knowing the fact that, uh, you know, there's only been a couple of um, players out there with him and not really three linebackers. So is he going to remain a, you know, four, six, eight tackle guy, or will he see a, a boost? I know, uh, uh, Thomas, you've got an update on what's supposed to happen. Breaking news. NFL Network's Tom Pelissero just reported on uh, Wednesday today that Houston is releasing Zach Cunningham pending waivers. So whatever issue or attitude problem he's had with that team, they've they've had enough and he's done. They're going to let him go, and that means that Grugier Hill and Kirksey are, are the linebackers pending, you know, the, for the rest of the season. Yeah. So if you're bouncing back and forth between those two. Uh, stat lines, basically, Grugier Hill is being like a six to eight tackle guy. I mean, he's not going to be a 20 tackle guy. But no. basically what this does mean is, uh, you know, he might now be an eight to 10 tackle guy, which is, I think, a little bit more like what we'd be looking for. I'm still expecting Kirksey to lead this team in tackles as he was before uh, he got banged up. Um, but definitely does uh, put Grugier Hill a little bit back up on the map knowing that you don't have to worry about the headache of trying to figure out how Zach Cunningham will play into things. So Green Bay is coming off their bye week this week with a home game against division rival Chicago. Now the Bears are banged up at quarterback themselves and have allowed the second highest number of sacks this year with 40 total. Now Rashawn Gary leads the Packers with six and a half sacks and Preston Smith has five they are the current sack leaders on the on the Packers. So if you're looking for in big play scoring systems, if you're looking for a, um, a a likely candidate to give you a sack, start looking first at the Packers because the Bears are not doing well at quarterback and they're not protecting whatever quarterback or whomever they put back there. Yeah, I've got Green Bay actually as my number one defense this week playing playing against Chicago. They've, they've got a, an almost two-touchdown uh, point spread advantage. They're playing at home at Lambeau. Uh, they're coming fresh off their bye. So uh, this this could get real ugly real quick, and that usually means 
big plays for IDP. So I totally agree with you, Thomas. Uh, Logan Wilson uh, got uh, banged up. He's out. Um, we'll get you a more thorough report on his injury status later in the program. But for now, the thing, the player to grab is Jermaine Pratt. Pratt should be the primary LB with Logan Wilson out. And that's what we saw when Logan Wilson was bounced out of, out of week 13's game. Pratt played 97% of the snaps, his highest snap total, essentially playing the every down roll there. And he did post uh, double digit tackles. So Pratt really does have nice LB one, probably back end one um, uh, um, prospects for this week and going forward. All right, let's move on to our quick hits. Uh, Thomas, we want you to start us off. Well, the Bengals and the Chargers had a really close game. There was 24 to 22 score at the end of three quarters. But L.A. scored seven unanswered points to run away with it in the fourth quarter. Now, defensive end Sam Hubbard took an unusual 94% of the snaps. But he only posted five total tackles. He had an assist, excuse me, a solo and four assists with half a sack. He had a tackle for a loss and two QB hits. But you have to wonder what's going on there when you consider the fact that L.A. does like to run the ball. They do, you know, they mix it up well. It was a close game. Hubbard took a lot of snaps, and yet his production was not all that great. You know, you have to consider, we talked about this last week, you have to consider the fact that this this is an opponent issue for Cincinnati once again because L.A., even though they have a running game, it's Austin Eckler who's more of a scat-back type uh, approach to to running the ball he's not a big load between the tackles kind of guy so it could be another matchup uh, situation for the Bengals that affected their IDPs and that's exactly what I think happened in my uh, IDP uh, weekend preview heading into into last weekend that's one of the things that I noted is that although Austin Eckler is a huge part of their defense exactly. uh, he he does a lot more in the in in the passing game that you might, might think the the Chargers only generate 11 tackles for defensive line, which is the second fewest in the league. So what I wrote was that Hubbard would have a hard time getting to that six to eight tackle mark. Uh, and, and he might be more like two to four tackles. And that's basically what happens. So if you're disappointed in Hubbard's um, play, just understand that, that, uh, it, that Thomas has hit the nail on the head. It really was a matchup problem uh, and nothing more. He's played all the snaps we would want him to play. He actually – I mean, if you really consider the opponent, he, he had a really good game considering that he still managed five tackles. It would have been nice if it, if the, um, if it had flipped to four solos and one assist. But uh, either way, that does not make me at all shaky on uh, Hubbard's prospects going forward. I, I agree with you, Thomas. Um, we're going to move on now. I want to talk a little bit about another player. This is kind of similar to a Kamu uh, Grugier-Hill scenario, and that is um, – uh, Safety turned linebacker for the Raiders, Divine Diablo. Diablo went from basically not playing at all. I, I think he's maybe posted 30 snaps on the season to playing uh, 54% of the snaps, and he had 11 tackles. So all of a sudden, he's going to pop up on a lot of leaderboards from last week. The thing to note, the couple of things to note, and again, Thomas will get more into this later, is Denzel Perryman got dinged up. He didn't play his, his full snap count. Nick Kwiatkowski, who was normally their secondary linebacker, also missed that game. So uh, assuming that Perryman and, and or Kwiatkowski comes back, that's going to um, – should basically move Devon Diablo back to 
um, a, a special teams role. The other thing to add to that is the team just signed veteran uh, linebacker Will Compton, who would, would almost assuredly play over Diablo. So for me, I'm not touching Diablo this week. If, if he puts a couple of weeks together after some players are healthy, that's one thing. But for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm viewing that as a blip on the radar. So we'll move over to Minnesota and their linebackers. Um, Eric Hendricks was out um, in week 13, as was Anthony Barr. Um, both of them were inactive, which I'll mention in the inactive sections of this podcast. Linebacker uh, Nick Vigil and Blake Lynch started, and, and they both took 100% of the snaps in the absence of Kendricks and Barr. Now, Vigil had 15 total tackles, nine solos, six assists with a quarterback hit. And Lynch had six solos, three assists, and two sacks. He had tackle for a loss, a QB hit, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. Now, they ended up one and two in total tackles, as I mentioned, Vigil with 15, and Lynch had nine. Now, you have an update on their practice from Barr and Kendricks, yes? Yeah, uh, as of yesterday, uh, Tuesday, Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks both practiced in full uh, after not practicing on Monday, which is not not a surprise at all. So the fact that they both practiced in full really bodes well for them bouncing back. There's a good chance that Eric Kendricks would have been on some waiver wires because because of of him not playing and might have gotten at, you know a, a very quick drop as you had to scramble to replace him. So go out and look for Kendricks and Barr, particularly Kendricks on, on your waiver wire. They should play this week. You still want to just monitor carefully to see what happens uh, today, Wednesday, and on Thursday. But a full practice that early in the week usually bodes well for bo- for uh, players like this to to get their full complement of snaps back come week 14. And they do play on Thursday night against Pittsburgh. So hopefully we, we get our po- podcast up in time for you uh, f- before that game. Yeah. Uh, Demario Davis, he's been playing every snap, but his stats have been has become less and less impressive. After posting 10 tackles in a good matchup in week 12, he had just four tackles last week. He's been hovering around six tackles per game, uh, but he's definitely playing every snap. And and in looking into the numbers, where are the tackles going in terms of how is it getting spread out among, among his team? We just talked about the Minnesota Vikings linebackers. Notice that Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr, they were out, and Nick Vigil and Blake Lynch basically um, – carbon copied stamped what we would have expected for for those two linebackers minnesota's defense is set up why did i say defense i don't know minnesota's defense is set up for those two linebackers to get the majority of the tackles um and uh so just replacing those players can often end up with some nice fantasy value well whatever's how and we've talked before about players like Jawan bentley and jerome baker and uh, Alex Anzalone, these these virtually every down linebackers who really don't put up much fantasy value just because that's not how their defense is set up. And I'm afraid that might be what's happening here with Davis. Now, he's still doing fine. He's getting six to eight tackles. That's OK. I mean, you can use him for an LB three. Uh, he also has a nice tackle floor. He's going to be out there every single week. But it really is frustrating to see. But as I looked more at the numbers, I don't see tackle distribution clearly going to another set of um, IDPs. I see a lot of bad luck. I really do. I see games where they had um, a lowered snap count because they dominated the game. 
I see games where one player, you know, had a fluky game. I, I, I just see a lot of randomness. And so it makes me feel a little better about Davis's prospects going forward. I realize this was supposed to be a quick hit. I'm spending 32 minutes on it, but it's really important because uh, there are a lot of people who have Davis that are probably frustrated as to what is going on for me. Uh, you know, he's, he's posted three double digit tackle games this year. I would have liked more, but I do still see that in the cards. It might just be bad luck that he could hopefully turn around. Thomas, what are your thoughts on Davis? Well, it, it's more of, first of all, the, the saints are running more of a two linebacker set uh, a lot lately. In fact, um, rookie Pete Warner only took, I think it was 19% of the snaps. Whereas uh, Zach bond, who's a third or fourth on the depth chart actually, when I say fourth, he's behind Davis, Quan Alexander, and Pete Warner. He came in and, and took, I believe, 39% of the snaps. So it's, and Quan Alexander had seven solos, two assists. It's only, as you mentioned, it's one of those anomalies where, um, you know, bad luck and certain play of the game uh, had Davis not getting opportunities and or performing fantasy points or producing fantasy points for fantasy owners. So yes, that's a definite thing to keep an eye on and be warned that Davis is starting to drop off a little bit in his numbers, but he's still pretty consistent. Now linebacker Quincy Williams uh, on the jets, he came in banged up. We thought he, you know, he was questionable during the week. We didn't know if he was going to play practiced and we knew he was going to play on Sunday. He had 13 total tackles. He has seven solos and six assists. He took 68 of the Jets' 71 defensive snaps, and he tied uh, linebacker C.J. Mosley for the team lead with those 13 total tackles. Nice performance by Williams. I mentioned last week how some of these rookie edges were starting to really come on, uh, and Jalen Phillips made me look smart on, on Sunday. He went out and had a monster game for the Dolphins. Too bad Miami's uh, on their bye this week because Phillips has really been on fire lately. Odafe Owe and Quiddy Pay are the other two I'd mentioned that are also starting to flash as well. I like all three of these as big play um, picks, basically. Uh, they're not putting enough, up enough consistent tackles for me to consider in tackle-heavy leagues, maybe as a, as a DL3 in a, in a balanced league. But really in big play leagues this time of year, uh, it's not the worst thing to look at some of these rookies who haven't been playing a ton of snaps yet, and we're seeing their snap counts rise. That's something I'm going to talk about a little bit later in the program. You know, it's too bad that two of those three guys that you had mentioned are on a bye week this week, and why did they have bye weeks in week 14? Please. <laughs> uh, finally, uh, linebacker TJ Watt came off the COVID list on Saturday, and after a really bad game last week, he exploded loaded against Baltimore posting three and a half sacks. Now he had three tackles for a loss and six QB hits as he literally lived in the Ravens backfield. Yeah. And if you, if you started TJ Watt, he likely propped up your fantasy week. Speaking of propping up, come prop up on thrive fantasy. This football season thrive fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. 
Thrive has over $140,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 14 and has already awarded over $4 million. Our staff at Fantasy Points will be posting their favorite Thrive Fantasy picks each week on the site. Now, new users can use promo code FANTASYPOINTS when you sign up, and you'll receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy at the App Store or the Play Store or by visiting www.thrivefantasy.com. You can also tune into the Extra Points live stream every Sunday morning to find out some of our favorite Thrive Fantasy props for the day, sign up, and prop up today. All right, let's move along to our injury news. Uh, Thomas, the bearer of bad news, why don't you uh, roll them out for us? <laughs> well, first I'll preface this by saying this is, as you mentioned earlier, this is being done Wednesday morning. So we don't have any practice reports other than Pittsburgh and Minnesota and by the time this hits air and gets on, on the website and you're listening to it, you're going to be closing in on that game time. So just keep in mind that you're going to have to monitor the practice reports on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday uh, and Sunday for the Monday night football game. I'll start with injured reserve. There's one player who was placed on injured reserve in that, uh, this past week, and that was Trey Flowers on Detroit. He's uh, had a knee injury, and he's out a minimum of three weeks, likely done for the season. Uh, notable inactives from week 13, defensive end Akeem Hicks on Chicago with an ankle injury, defensive end Marcus Davenport on New Orleans with a shoulder injury. At linebacker, the 49ers were without Fred Warner with a hamstring injury and Dre Greenlaw with a groin injury, as well as Warner's backup, Marcel Harris, who had a concussion. The Jacksonville Jaguars cornerbacks Shaquille Griffin was out with a concussion, as was Asante Samuel, cornerback for Los Angeles Chargers. Cornerback Adoree Jackson on the Giants sat out week 13 with a quad injury. There were a few notes and uh, from last week and going into this week for the COVID-19 list. Defensive tackle Linville Joseph uh, missed his third consecutive game being on the COVID list and COVID-19 list, and it looks like he's not going to come off anytime soon. Defensive end Josh Sweat on Washington. He was supposed to begin practicing today, but is now on uh, out at least 10 days or more, or rather two more games, because he was placed on the COVID-19 list today or yesterday. Cornerback Patrick Peterson on Minnesota was activated from the COVID-19 list this past Monday. Also activated from the COVID list, uh, COVID-19 list on Monday was Kevin Byard from Tennessee. Notable injuries and a few, well, one note, as I mentioned uh, earlier, but we'll start with the injuries in defensive end Joey Bosa. The Chargers suffered a head injury early in the game in week 13 and was ruled out. Logan Wilson, you had mentioned him earlier with Jermaine Pratt information. Uh, linebacker from Cincinnati suffered a dislocated shoulder and is expected to miss multiple games. So be leery that if, if you have Wilson uh, in dynasty leagues, keep him. In redraft leagues, he's probably likely gone for the rest of your, at least your fantasy football season. He might return later at the end of the year or in the playoffs for Cincinnati. Linebacker Denzel Perryman in Las Vegas injured his ankle and did not return to the game in week 13. Also, uh, an ankle injury uh, shut down Nick Witkowski on Las Vegas early in that game, and he was ruled out. Um, safety Richie Grant from Atlanta suffered an ankle injury, did not return to the game. Cornerback Marlon Humphrey in Baltimore suffered a torn pectoral muscle on the game, well, what was going to be the game-tying touchdown 
uh, catch in that Baltimore Pittsburgh game. And then uh, of course, Baltimore ended up um, losing that game on the two pointer. It was actually the, the touchdown late in the game. I think it was, was it a two pointer that he, do you know? I don't I think remember. it was, I think it was the touchdown. Yeah. Yes. So he, anyways, bottom line is Marlon Humphrey tore his pectoral muscle done for the season. Jadovia Wuzia in Cincinnati suffered a foot injury, did not return to the game. Also not returning to the game in week 13 was cornerback Tyson Campbell on Jacksonville. He injured his abdomen. Cornerback Michael Carter on the New York Jets, he's in concussion protocol as he suffered a concussion this past week. Safety Jaquiski Tart on San Francisco injured his hamstring and did not finish the game. Cornerback Emmanuel Mosley on San Francisco injured his ankle and did not return to the game. Uh, I'll go to Jamal Dean on first on Tampa Bay, suffering an apparent concussion, is in concussion protocol. And a couple of new uh, new pieces of information, one that you, you heard a, a minute ago that Zach Cunningham was released by or is going to be released by Houston and pending waivers. And then there's Jamal Adams on Seattle. He tore his labrum and is done for the season. Now, this is the same shoulder he had off-season surgery on to repair a torn labrum. So this is the a, a, a big problem when you consider the fact this is the second time he's torn that same labrum. That means that Ryan Neal is going to be the next man up for Seattle. All right, we're going to take a brief pause and pay a few bills. All right, we're going to wrap up the podcast uh, as we usually do with uh, looking for some Discord questions from some of our Discord users over at FantasyPoints.com. That's one of the advantages of having a premium subscription to Fantasy Points is uh, access to every one of the Fantasy Points analysts, both offensive and defensive, where you can ask them specific questions. We usually try to get a couple of those questions put up. One of them came up uh, earlier today by House of Yards. And in House of Yards was asking whether or not to use Jonathan Greenard or uh, the newly activated Demarcus Lawrence. Um, to me, this is a, a really good question um, because it, it addresses a couple of things. First of all, D- you know, Demarcus Lawrence is a veteran, but he has basically yet to play a meaningful snap until last week. Jonathan Greenard, uh, a young player who uh, has really had a, a standout season. I mean, he's, he's really, uh, ha, you know, put it together this year, but lately he's been a little slower than normal. I mean, he, you know, he's, he had, he still had a sack two weeks ago um, and he had two QB hits, but in, you know, earlier in the season, he was having four and six tackles and one to two sacks per game. Since then he slowed down the last two weeks, he's had just two tackles uh, and one sack. And he's played the Jets and the Colts. Both of those games likely should have been better better opportunities for him. There's a chance that he's kind of hit a wall here, and he's you know just this is this is his first year starting uh, and being you know a, a, a main fixture for this team. So uh, it could be that he's losing a little bit of his legs. It could also just be a little bit of bad luck. Now, mind you, he did just have a sack two weeks ago, so he's not dead in the water. But he's certainly not putting up those four to six tackles and multiple sacks. Now you you compare that to Demarcus Lawrence, who has had a long career of of dominating with with both sacks and tackles. He's normally an eighty to ninety percent player, 
question is, is will he be an 80 to 90% player going forward? He only played 53% of the snaps, which is pretty much what we expected. We expected him to make it over that 50% mark, but probably not be fully up to speed in his first game back. So, um, but, you know, nonetheless, he didn't really produce a whole lot uh, in the first game he played the season, much less this game. Now, he was a split second away from a strap, uh, strip sack, and that would have made the, his week look totally different. He, he, he did get to the quarterback and did, did get the ball out, but they ruled it a forward pass. And it was a, it was a, I think it was a forward pass, but if he had gotten there a split second later, then all of a sudden Lawrence has a tackle, has a forced fumble. His, his, his uh, afternoon certainly looks a lot better. This was a tough one for me because I really do like Greenard, but I think in the end of the day, I'm going to go with the veteran who has fresher legs. I also like the fact that Lawrence has a pretty good schedule. They're playing football team, playing the Giants uh, as they head into as they headed to your fantasy playoffs. Those are good matchups for for Lawrence. Um, but I'm not going to fault you if you decide to stick with Greenard. Do you lean one way or the other, Thomas? I'd have to do the same as as you. I'd have to agree with you that Demarcus Lawrence would be the one that I would lean to. And a lot of it, let's go to Greenard first. Um, Jonathan Greenard was, like, as you mentioned in the beginning of the season, was lights out. And then he had a foot injury right around week, I think it was 10. Um, he injured his foot and sat out a week. And then his the past two weeks, he had 69% of the snaps in um, – week 12 and I believe he had 59% of the snaps in week 13 and obviously his numbers in his last three games have been really low they've been two total tackles so I think no matter which one of these two you pick you're probably going to get about one to two one to three tackles total tackles from um, these players but I, I agree with you that Demarcus Lawrence is playing on a much better defense that is really starting to gel He's also getting going to probably get Randy Gregory back on the other side, which is going to help him as far as uh, losing some of those double teams because they're going to have to account for Gregory as well. And I think Lawrence did a, a really good job this past week to show that he's back, even though he did play a, a, a slightly lower number of snaps than we're, we're used to. But that's his first game back since, what, week two of the season. So... I think that Lawrence has the uh, the better upside for sacks than Greenard, even though both of them are capable of producing them. I think Lawrence is going to be, uh, uh, with the matchups that he has coming up, I think he's the better play of the two. And I would also go with Demarcus Lawrence. All right. It's a consensus. Thanks, everyone, for listening to our IDP Corner podcast this week. Good luck heading into or getting into your fantasy playoffs. We'll be back uh, about this time next week to keep it rolling. Uh, everyone have a safe and happy holidays, and we'll see you next week. Be well and be safe. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Oh,